What's going on, everybody? If you've clicked on our video, if you saw that awesome opening, if you see our three awesome faces, you have clicked on the Fulcrum Entertainment Podcast. My name is Gilbert. I'm joined by my buddy Harrison. And we have the one guy you don't want to give you the Care Bear stare. We have Josh. <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, so first, yeah, what's up, Harrison? And then I'll Yay! go to Josh. Hey, guys. Yeah, uh, how you how you doing today, Harrison? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, trying out some new things with my new PC and uh, trying to get back in the saddle with these audiobooks so I can get them out to the audience. Uh, yeah, you know what? You're fired, Harrison. <laughs> you're out. Man. Uh, also, I... while we're at it, you're fired too, Josh. <laughs> you don't even work for me, but you know what? Typical. You're already fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I've already been, been fired a few times today. <laughs> Yeah, so which also I was like, well, guys, I hate to admit, I hate to say it, but you know, with Harrison gone, we're gonna be stopping our audio. But no, <laughs> no, but like I said, we also have Josh down here, uh, the the one and only Sith Care Bear. He's a he's a member of the Monkey Lizard Army. He's a member. Of, he is a one half of the of the show uh, Scarif After Dark, the sexiest podcast around. Uh, say what's up, Josh. Tell us how you're doing, and, and give us. Like, tell us where we follow you what, and anything else you, uh, you want to say. Oh, if you're oh, still there. Josh. I think we might have lost. He's, he, he, might have be, he might be frozen. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is he back? Am I frozen? No, Am okay. Now you're back. We're, you're good. You're good. I'm back. Okay. All right. Hey. Hey, guys. Uh, nice to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Um, no, I mean, I'm... Sith Care Bear Josh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sith Care Bear and on Instagram uh, as well as Sith Care Bear. Um, and like you said, I'm one half of the Scarif uh, After Dark podcast where we like to uh, get spicy with the, the nerddom. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, other than that, I'm just kind of hanging out, uh, building Lego with Salacious Rum on Sunday mornings and, um, you know, just uh, chilling. Yeah, that's about it. Watching all this craziness on the Twitter uh, about these wonderful new shows. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I am right there with you. I, every, it's like every week it's like, what's the, what is the Twitter going to break itself over this week? Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. you know what? Uh, although I got to say for this one show, it has been a absolutely a breath of fresh air that nobody, well, well, not nobody. It's been a few people who's been like, this show's boring. It sucks. But that mostly, has been pretty positive reviews and i've been i'm so happy to see the star wars fandom like actually more or less united on this one as opposed to like the last three shows that have just been i, I don't know man like people people are crazy <laughs> well it's good that i'm here then so i can share um a different perspective because uh i have i have thoughts but um but anyway yeah uh um as uh shanti pointed out there in the chat uh, i do get fired regularly so if i go too far just you know go ahead pull the trigger well i, I already did you're you're fired and re <laughs> rehired and, and fired again but yeah let's, let's real quick let's go to the let's go to the chat real quick so i want to say what's up to scare scalable podcast who of course the other half of the uh scare after dark uh general chenobi our friend shanti uh we have dark lichen in the comments uh dragon buddy Dark Lycan, the brave star horse. Oh my god, I love that. Thank right. you, Dark Lycan. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> also, we got yeah the the one and only Joker voice in the comments. Our our resident contrarian. 
Uh, wow, so, that uh, house yeah. already up in here. <laughs> nah, it's not as good. It's not as good as having Joker voice or doing it himself. And we've got, wait, we've got. Jo- how the heck? How are you in two places at once? I'm everywhere. <laughs> oh no! Oh god, we got Connor. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to tell you to shut up already, Connor. But you know what? You're making me yeah, Irish. Bat- <laughs> no, no. We love you. We love you, Connor. We also got milk toast pastry, uh, milk toaster pastry. Excuse me. In the comments. As also says, coming in with retro cartoons. Thank you for crying. <laughs> what is the flag behind Gilbs and that neo-fascist type? Thing? It's an anime thing. You wouldn't. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know. You're old. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But anyway, guys. All right. I think that's. Uh, oh yeah, and we also got Smith Lord speaks in here. Says Tom Selleck's uh, seen better days. Hey Josh. Hey Chris, how you doing there, buddy? Oh, oh you've been told. <laughs> All right, guys. So yeah, you guys ready to get into episode one of Andor? Yes, let's do it. So, all right, real quick, just initial thoughts. I'm gonna start with you, Josh. Just how was this show for you? Just like, did it, was it everything we we wanted it to be? Was it something? Like, was it like, did it kind of like subvert expectations or did it just kind of like fall flat for you it it was visually stunning um uh, it is right out of the gate it was a stronger you know aesthetic on the screen than than anything else that we've seen the 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 effects were amazing it was very grand in scope it didn't it never felt really closed in um but just don't care um there are so many other characters that i would rather have seen a focus on from rogue one i mean don't get me wrong cassian's cool and all but i feel like ultimately what we're going to get out of it's very generic and not really anything that defines any part of star wars um it's just going to be more informational and we could have gotten that in a book or a comic book or something like that or an episode of a of an animated series um throw it in the bad batch or something um you know but i, I just uh i i don't know um i would have rather have seen something about generoso's backstory or something about the guardians of the wills you know and learn about Chirith mm-hmm. and and you know bells malvis um but i i just this for me is i mean it's going to be cool it's going to feel dark and gritty which i do also feel like it's a almost a little too dark and gritty i mean i want serious star wars but um but not to the point that it loses any of the childhood innocence that is what i love about it um i feel like this is going to be pretty much humorless in many respects and and that that's kind of disappointing to me. I mean, even I know I know it's supposed to be kind of a spinoff of Rogue One, and that was a very serious Star Wars film, but it was it still had the humor. It was still injected when it needed to be, and it still felt like Star Wars in that respect. Um, and it's there was still an appeal for a child. A, a kid's not going to really want to watch this. They're going to be bored, um, and some things may be a little intense for them. Um, and uh, and and I don't want anything of star wars to be taken away from the core audience um and also in some ways some of the art uh the design on it kind of feels like blade runner and star wars and the fifth element kind of had a love child um and uh i don't know but uh, but it was still okay um yeah so 
I I'm gonna agree with uh, a few points that yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't feel like a kids show. It definitely doesn't feel like something I would show to my niece or nephew. It's something I'm gonna be like, this is for me. This is for like me, Harrison, you. It's for like the adults. And I I don't necessarily hate that. I like Joker voices things and or if you wanted brothels, profanity, implied sex scene, and no fan service, this is the show for you. Oh, the and sex like that that bothered me. I I know that there's romance in Star Wars, but. We didn't need to see her in her, you know, in her panties getting up out of the bed and, you know, um, or doing her unveiling like she did. I mean, it just it was it was a I mean, again, I know it's meant to be more for an adult audience, but that just felt a little out of place in Star Wars. It's kind of like the sex scene in the Eternals movie that felt very out of place in the Marvel Universe. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it it, it does. Um, and and it, it just. For me, it was. It's not that I can't get past it. It's not that I can't enjoy the show. But it's more than anything. I just I'm like kind of why uh, hmm. I'm just sort of meh that's, about that's, it. That's an interesting hmm. point because I didn't think we're not going to get into the Eternals because that that'll we'll go into a whole crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't I didn't think that was out of the sex scene was out of place. Nor did I think this sex scene was out of place. And and I've seen people online also pointing out that other Star Wars shows like such as the uh, the 2003 Clone Wars cartoon. That it had an implied sex scene. It didn't. It didn't show Padme in bed, but it showed Anakin going up to her apartment, and then you know the light turns off, and then the then the scene fades out, and we're like we all know what's going on up there. But that's still taste quite different. This, this yeah. was this was depicted very differently. This was much more gratuitous. That was very much implied. This was very directly stated. <laughs> there you go, Connor. Uh, sex. They had a sleepover. You filthy-minded brats. Oh yeah. Sure. So yeah. Uh, they so. Did yeah. So Harrison, what were what are your thoughts? Do you agree that it was too little, too gritty, or are you were you like down with this? Um, so I, I'm definitely down with this. I I've enjoyed this. I can absolutely see your point in that it, it's not necessarily the audience that you expect for Star Wars. However, I do think you know, like in terms of like children watching it, I think there might be some bits like say maybe it's a bit intense, uh, depending on the child. In terms of it being boring. Those kids have gotten through a lot of chancellor debates and hanging out in the Senate and finding out about in, uh, intergalactic trade routes. So I think they can maybe get through a bit of uh, espionage, or not espionage, sort of crime and intrigue. Um, but yeah, I, I'm for the, for the sex thing, I think I can't say you're wrong. I, I, I do see where you come from. It didn't bother me as much. I, I, I like this uh, sort of model of having different versions that are more aimed at different audiences. Um, and, you know, I, th I think there is a place for a little bit more sort of naughtiness. I mean, you are on Scarif after dark. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't have a problem with that <laughs> stuff. I, I, I just, it, I don't know. I, for me, <laughs> Star Wars is dear to my, my child heart. And anything that, uh, I mean, it's like something we talked about it on Scarif after dark. Like, uh, I'm all for doing a little cosplay in the bedroom. But there are certain characters that I, I just can't connect that with otherwise it's just going to ruin it for me um and uh you know it just i don't know it's very special for me and and that kind of detracts from it a little bit it takes me to a place that the part of me that loves it shouldn't be yeah I, yeah i think my, my last point that i don't think uh basically I, I i agree with you and i think you have every right to, to feel that way because that is how you are with this um this fandom but uh Maybe George Lucas kind of spoiled some things by like confirming there is no underwear in space, 
um, and a lot of the stuff he did with Leia, yeah. oh, and yeah. then a lot of the stuff he did with Padme. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was gonna say that myself. Like the the slave, well, Hut Slayer, Slave Leia, whatever you want to call it, costume. Yeah, right. That absolutely is like, you know, it's pretty raunchy, and that and we all love. Like, I, I absolutely remember watching uh, Return of the Jedi as a kid. It's, it remains my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. So, for probably for very obvious reasons. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I thought she was hotter in Empire for some reason. I like the fact that she had all those layers. It's like opening a present. <laughs> all right. Now, now I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you something, Josh, and, I'm gonna, and I mean it in the most like loving way. Are you yeah. Mormon? No. <laughs> I was going to ask, Far do you have it. a thing for Amish girls? No, well, I mean... <laughs> Rob Springer! <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding it's okay but, it's okay yeah no uh let's see uh we got smith lord saying how can you guys like joker voice uh love the boys with its less than subtle naughtiness yet kick off at Andor for having a brothel which is that's actually a really good point is it is it i think is it just because it's in star wars like and star wars has never had brothels like i've never seen yeah. that seedy part of the of the underbelly before well honestly that didn't bother me just because it was I mean, most kids would just be like, oh, he went to a bar. Like, you know, I don't think they would really make the connection as to what it is that was going on there. Um, so that was subtle enough for it to not really bother me. Um, but it was the specifically the sex scene um, that just felt out of place. It didn't bother me. I mean, it was hot. I mean, <laughs> Bix is hot. Okay. I'm not denying that. There's a reason why I posted a comparison to her unveiling and garza whips unveiling because damn um but still i just uh yeah i don't know it's uh see so yeah, like, it, there we go there she is but, but yeah she absolutely is and i do kind of i i don't mind it and also i want to point out neither does your your co-host which <laughs> solidarity hell yeah <laughs> uh but yeah like I don't know. I, I don't think it's necessarily a big deal, especially with, since considering, like uh, like we said, that this is a little more of an adult version of Star like much like yeah. Rogue One was. Like it was established early on that Cassie Andor is not your your dad's, you know, rebel. He he's a much harder, much darker, much but more. But is late he not? I mean, in the in as far as the Star Wars that your dad watched, Han Solo just blasted the hell out of Greedo. No one, there was no shot first. Greedo didn't even shoot a, fi, uh, mm. a shot at yeah. all. Like Han just blasted him. So, similar circumstances that was and reasons. Your, your dad's rebel. And again, we've already seen that. Um, I, I guess that maybe that's part of my issue with the focus, it being focused on Cassie. And I always felt like he was sort of a diet Han Solo. Um, I do appreciate that he's a little more driven for a cause. Um, but uh, I mean, he fits that, he fills that role in the storytelling for me. Mm. Um, and uh, I've seen enough on Solo. I'm not a big fan anyway. So I love Harrison Ford and Indy's awesome, but yeah, oh, wow, I could take or leave Han Solo. So. All right, we got Milk Toaster saying, apparently Gilroy uh, told everyone working on it to forget they were on a Star Wars show, which I don't know how truthful that is. Like that, uh, that could be true. I don't know. Mm. But like at the end of the day, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, especially when we're all, you know, uh, like again, we're all adults here. We all know that brothels exist, that bars exist, that these things are real. And again, it's not like Star Wars; it's not unprecedented that these things are in Star in the Star Wars universe. Like that's like getting <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, do blasphemy right here. That's like getting angry at the Last Jedi for having a casino scene. Yeah, 
It's like <clears> casinos <throat> in Star Wars. That's not child friendly. I'm like, dude, it, it exists. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I suppose I can see you mean with that. No, I, 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 of course. Sorry, go for it. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's definitely part of that universe. I mean, th we know that there are spice smugglers. We know that there's a drug that exists in the universe that people take and, you know, get intoxicated from. So mm -hmm. why wouldn't there be? We know that there are, you know, Twi'lek um, sex slaves and all of that. So, um, you know, I don't think that that's a surprise at all. So depicting that, I don't really think is anything out of character for Star Wars. So yeah, it's just the sex scene itself fell out of out of place. It's for just you. yeah, it just the the and it's not even that they had sex. It could have just been a matter of he invites her in, and then he closes the door, and then that's it. Skip to the morning, or oh. you know she she immediately walks into the bedroom and then cut. Um, there was no need to see this unveiling. There was no need to to see her getting up the next day and being half nude you know putting her pants on um and the shot was just very subtle it was just at the bottom of the frame but they could have just gone up a little bit and we not seen any of that but they had to go down far enough to where we just got to see a little bit of thigh um and uh and the panty line um and again it's hot but it's that star wars um and uh, you know i don't know See, what you just described doesn't feel like it should be like, is that Star Wars? That feels like something that should come with balloons. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it should. But no, I'm just, no, it's not. No, it's not, Connor. You mind your own. <laughs> Don't you, never you mind what's on, what's on, on my dresser. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> So, uh, General or yeah, Shanti says, I never saw Andor as being marketed towards kids, so I don't have issues with the more adult scenes. They're still tame in comparison to the other things on TV, which is, hmm. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it's no House of the Dragon, but it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. When we start having like them actually, people actually starting to get like Luke and Leia, you know, doing stuff, I'm like, then we can start worrying about what, what is and isn't Star Wars. <laughs> but, at any rate, uh, real quick, let's go on to this dude. What did you guys think of just this try-hard, like, like wannabe Captain America right here? I'd love this dude. I He is... I quite like this trope. Um, if anyone has been listening to the uh, Red Dwarf audiobook that I've been doing sporadically on the channel, um, he reminds me a lot of Rimmer. Real try-hard, really believes in this low-level nonsense. Um, if I love all of the, the corporate security um, guys. I want to mention this because I'll talk about it a lot. This show really gave me vibes of Star Wars Allegiance, um, the uh, Timothy Zahn book, like just mm -hmm. showing more of this sort of, you know, underbelly bit and they get into the corporate worlds and the corporate police things there. These guys are fantastic. I love the chief inspector who's just like, put, don't do anything with this. He's... The actor's incredible. He gives off this wonderful, kind of charismatic performance, yet still just bored with this dude. Uh, yeah, no, ex exactly. Like, it's just like, I feel like they were they were trying to make this, or this guy is, I, I feel like the director's like, okay, try to be like a, an interesting guy, but don't actually be interesting. <laughs> like, It also helps that like, he kind of reminds me of, um, ooh, I've forgotten the actor's name suddenly, uh, Agent... <laughs> the guy from Twin Peaks. God damn it. Agent Del Cooper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which just always makes me happy. Let's see. I'm going to look at the comments real quick. 
Uh, we got wow, Joker voice calling him soy boy. I don't. I'm not sure if that's an in, insult. I mean, I'm assuming an insult, but I'm like, uh, we got like, General Kenobi. Yeah, exactly. I'm not <laughs> sure. We got uh, Chanty saying she loves the character. I uh, she says his little arc across the three episodes is fantastic. I love how he goes against the uh, the uh, chief inspector. Like he's just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate this anyway. Like it's it's about honor and duty and how well, dare you? Like I'm like yeah. No, he's also how dare you, milk milk toaster? <laughs> I, <laughs> I am not a tryhard. I try just the right amount, which is just the right just amount, just as much just, just as much enough. as I have to. It's just as much uh, as I have to to keep my job. <laughs> uh, I, I really like the character, and, and I'm hoping that we see a big transformation for him over the course of the of the series. And, and I he's not wrong. The fact of the matter is, is whether they were in a seedy place or not, whether what they were doing they should or shouldn't have been doing, someone murdered pretty brutally two officers of the law and that should be looked into and not swept under the rug and i now, mean yes it is about duty and honor but there's nothing wrong with it being about duty and honor and and respect for their their lives they were you know I, so human beings or whatever. i would agree so i i i agree in principle that yes they like they they're just too they're they, yeah they were off or they were in a in a whorehouse uh, while they were on duty and they were messing with a dude who they who like they were shaking the dude down when they shouldn't have been like that they were corrupt cops does yeah. that mean that they deserve to get shot no but at the same time i'm like i've known guys like that that i'm like dude one day you're gonna pick you like I, I i'm a security officer so i like i i've do, i've known dudes like that who i'm like one day you're gonna pick a fight with the wrong dude and you're not gonna have anyone to back you up and mm. but why did we need to open with that again we already saw and or kill someone in cold blood at the beginning of rogue one when we were first introduced to him. So why do we need to be reintroduced to him in the same way? Just to remind us, oh, and then this time let's let's double down. Let's have him kill two people. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of pointless to even really have that scene other than to just introduce him as such a badass. Um, and uh, I mean, I, you know, again, I'm just kind of over the character. I'm actually more interested in this guy's story arc right now than I am in, in Cassian's. I think Cassian's is going to be very generic and... Um, uninspired whereas i think this one especially with the performances we see out of him in the, the later episodes um i think this is going to be the one that'll be the most interesting that's interesting you say that i i'm kind of interested how he's going to be after we'll get to we'll get to episode three but after like what happens in that episode i'm really interested to see how he's going to become like you know cassian's kind of like and like uh antagonist for this show like he's going to become like the almost his rival mm. because he, that's he's going to make it his thing to hunt the guy down so I'm going to be, I, I agree. I'm interested to see how he's going to, how far he's going to take it and how crazy he's going to go. But in but the I, end, is he going to realize the error of his ways and could he potentially become a, you know, move into the, the, the empire and then become a fulcrum agent or something like that? Ha -ha, look at that. that, that would be very cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I could, I definitely am hopeful for the progression of his character. So you know what I'm uh, I I kind of see this point where the Joker voice makes it says there are no stakes for casting in this series. He says we know that where the story ends, his plot armor is going to be thick. I'm like, yeah, that yeah. that is kind of true. That like just by the fact that we know that Cassian survives it to Rogue One, he's not going to have any problems. But to me, that's not a deal breaker because there's a lot of other characters. Like we got uh, this dude, the 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 security officer or whatever, or the the corporate police officer who he's like we we're going to see his story. We got the new guy who who gets introduced in episode two, and then in later in three, the 
he was uh, Eric Selvig from Thor. I forget yeah. I forget the actor's name. But yeah, so he, I'm guessing he's probably not going to survive. Bix might not survive. Like we, we get to see all these other characters that, yeah, it's called Andor, but the story is also very much about all these other guys who may or may not be there at, by the time Rogue One rolls around. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, go ahead, Harrison. Well, I, I think as well, like, if you're going to start going, oh, well, the fact that he's, he's in Rogue One and we know where his story ends already means there's no, like, uh, stakes for it. You could have said that about the entire movie of Rogue One. You know or the, the entire cast is going to die. You know they're going to get the plans for the Death Star. Like, what? So so those movies, like, are bad, and so that puts the story out? Like, I, I think one of the things that he does have a stake in is that they've set up that his goal is to try and reunite with his sister. They're slowly giving us more about um, Kanari. That plot is going to become more into it. He also have this family with Marva and with Bix, so we have people that he cares about and that can get hurt. No, I, I think uh, I think what they're doing with with Andor is really good. I like the way that they're exploring the universe with him as kind of like our guide, and I like mm -hmm. that it's a story about how he comes into the rebellion, and it feels to me like it's going to be more of a story about the rebellion because mm -hmm. as we go on through the episodes, we see more and more about how it's about people and them just trying to survive in this system that's really working against them. Mm -hmm. And and if that's what they're going to do with it, then I'm I'm all on board. I think that'll be something that's worth, you know, showing us um, and diving further into. Uh, and it would help to anything that will help to enhance the original material. I'm all for. Um, so as long as they manage to do that, then that's great. But if at the end of the series we're like, why? Then um, you know, then then it's again, it's a big waste of money. And also one thing that does kind of bother me is I wonder why it is that this looks so great and the other series particularly book of boba fett looked so bad um i mean i understand you know pandemic stuff all that kind of blah 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 but um you know i i just i i, I don't understand why they put all of their eggs into this basket and let those other things kind of slide even kenobi even though it looked much better than book of boba fett um you know it just overall didn't have nearly the cinematic quality that this that this series has um i kind of wish that they had we had gotten that from the start i think mandalorian has built to that but um i think we're really not going to see it quite on that level until the new the new season so so yeah i think a, a big part of that like you said was probably covid like just the, yeah. the lockdown for two years the fact that we just we were all under these weird restrictions and no one really had knew what the hell was going on so with that it kind of shut down production for us or for yeah. and then for hollywood and everything so that's probably where that went as far as like scale i would agree like i i liked book of boba but i would have liked to see something other than tatooine be used and we mm. talked about that at length during our reviews of that show uh but i don't know i don't I don't necessarily think that uh, this show is like it's a like. So as far as uh, it brings nothing to the story of of Cassian or that we know like where how, where his story is going to end or we would like other characters. I don't I don't think this this story necessarily like kill like you know kills that. Like we, there's absolutely a chance we could get a Chirrut story. There's absolutely a chance we could get a Jin or so. Like it's it, yeah, it took it might take some time. Like it took us twenty years to get a Obi Wan Kenobi story. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it's possible that it may happen at some point. You know what I mean? I don't, and, and I, I'm going to argue that the reason they chose Andor is because he was one of the more popular of the of the uh, of the original Rogue One, you know, crew of like the six or six of them. You could like Andor and and uh, Jin are probably the two that you could name off the top of your head with no problem whatsoever. So I'm going to say that that's probably why they chose him, and it, it also could just be that. Uh, 
what's her name? I want to Felicity something. The, the lady oh, who plays Jen or so. Felicity Jones. She she might have just told them, Nah, I'm good. I don't I, I yeah. don't want to do this anymore. So like he could have just been the guy that they got. Like we have no idea what happened behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there is a lot of politics sure. and and you know who can we get and who can't we and all of that. So. Yeah. So real quick, before we move on to episode two, I wanted to talk about these real quick, the flashback scenes. What do you think about young Andor and, and the Canari people, which mostly seem to be made up of mostly children? I'm oh. kind of curious as to why it's a bunch of kids. Um, I definitely yeah. want to know more about that. Um, I'm very interested in what went down on that planet. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I think it's kind of neat seeing a sort of tribal group of people. Um living in the star wars universe um but you know they don't even speak basic or anything like that so it's, it's kind of interesting um and uh yeah i mean they're they're so disconnected but i i still i wonder why because they obviously have some items from the you know the modern world and even their clothing is like quilted and whatnot and mm. well made yeah, like some of them seem to be wearing like modified flight suits or like yeah so i'm flight. wondering are they like a group that sort of crashed here and they've been isolated this whole time or I've got, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot more to that go ahead Harrison you should, you should uh, have a theory yeah I've got a theory on this that um, they mentioned that there was a mining accident uh, in one of the sort of little mentions where people talk about Canary I have a feeling this might be um, a situation where there are native people who are employed and that's like the adults were employed working in a mine and the mining accident might have essentially killed most of the adults and what's left of the kids who weren't there that makes um, sense yeah and the, and they talked about how like the after a mining accident like the planet Canary was left uninhabitable like it was it was considered uninhabitable so it's possible the republic's kind of pulled out and left all these children just to sit there but and to basically to die which is is dark but it's like you know I don't know it's I that's one thing I I would kind of say is a little out of place is these these little tiny like we talked about it a little bit off uh, off air Harrison like these little bit of like making it realistic you know with like the corrupt police or the fact that there's like oh a mining accident happened in in this far off like mid rim planet or you know if in our case that'd be like a third world country or something like that and yeah so like these kind of things that are like trying to be parallels to real life that's a little bit of like I I don't need to be reminded of of my like real life <laughs> woes in Star Wars yeah, yeah I I know you mean yeah it, it's the weird thing where like there's a lot of uh, movies and things and things and stories in general that are trying to tell certain stories that involve bad people and bad things happening to people. And sometimes they end up being things that people think are kind of in, inherently political. And it's like, to be honest, like just, just telling this story doesn't necessarily mean that anyone in Star Wars is trying to make you think a certain way or whatever. But like, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you want to have a story about like these different sides of Star Wars, because this is fascinating to me. I love the idea of like, oh yeah, what if there are people like we have currently, there are people out there who just choose or have not been contacted and not, tainted with technology or whatever to live a different way mm. and uh, i've never sort of thought about that other than i suppose the tuscan raiders in star wars yeah mm. yeah and that's a good point is that like you don't really think you don't think about like when you think about other cultures in star wars you think human rhodian twi'lek you don't you don't think about like the different cultures among human populations well i'd even like just like it's such a big galaxy with so many planets. Like, oh yeah, you know, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh yeah, there probably is like enough planets that some of them have got people who are just never joined in. You know, they've never learned basic, they've never gotten involved because they know the planet's there, but no one needs to hang out with them. You know, like yeah. like how no one needs to hang out with the Ewoks. They're like, yeah, they're fine. We'll just stay there. 
Yeah. So yeah, according to Joker voice, he says the writer slash showrunner said he is in, he's inserting present day politics slash allegory into Star Wars, which I'm like, so be it. Kind of kind of undoes Harrison's whole. It's like that doesn't mean they're doing it. Yes, they are. Oh well, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Nah. Well, I mean, there's nothing. There's always been politics in Star Wars, but oh, keep it keep it purely political. Don't make it about. Um, social politics make it about real politics that's what's in star wars um so i mean that's when people get up in arms is when they try to illustrate anything that's social politics but you know as long as you just keep it straight political i mean there there are plenty of political stories to yeah to to touch on here i mean that's obviously something we can all relate to is what we do to our own planet and um yeah i mean it's there's a place for it in Star Wars. I would, yeah, I would definitely agree. It's like, it's not, it's just, you got to keep it like, you got to walk a fine line with it because it, it's very easy when you talk about like political stuff like this to get into, uh, you know, to get into that slippery slope of like social politics versus like just, you know, or like environmental politics or, or stuff, other stuff of that nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep it more global. Yeah. But at any rate, so I just want to point this out real quick. I love this. Like we figured out space travel. Still need a guy to go ring the 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 bell for like. Of course. It, the time is four o'clock. It's tradition. <laughs> I just I love that. Like the, these weird little like like things of Star Wars where they like they figured out space travel. They figured out like interdimensional. Oh, not interdimensional, but intergalactic like communications. They figured out lightsabers, but they still need little things like this. And just like I love that. Well, I quite like that there seems to be a sort of world-building thing of, like, there's some sort of cultural significance of this, like, because this kind of echoes the alarm system they have later yeah. on with banging right. on the metal. It's like how they communicate amongst this community. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I didn't I didn't even think about that, yeah. too. I mean, he yeah, could like, be telling them it's time to go to work. That's why they all, you see this shot of them all going to get their gear and everything. It may not necessarily be about the actual time. It's more of a notification to the entire town because they all kind of work together as one unit. That's interesting. That's true, because yeah, in the in the next episode, they do have that part where the, when the security guys show up, they're all like ringing bells and like and yeah. like knocking on metal stuff, like and the like whistle at a factory or something, you know? Yeah, and the guys all like they mistake it. They're like, "What's going on?" Oh, it's an intimidation thing. I was like, "No, that's a warning bell." Mm-hmm. But all right, so real quick, let's go ahead and talk about we, we talk about Bix. What do you think about this dude? The the Scott, the the very heavily Scottish guy that <laughs> like it, that uh, drops the dime on Andor. Like, Fuck that guy. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was kind of pissed at him. I, and I was when what happens later with him, you know, um, I she was very upset. And I was like, why? Screw this guy. You know, like you were just mad at him like five minutes ago. But Yeah. Like, I mean, also, I, I'm assuming that she's like his uh, Andor's ex based off of like the, the interactions yeah. they have and off of like this dude's jealousy. I'm going to guess they had a relationship of some sort. So yeah, but like the fact that yeah, like that she got all like hurt that he would drop that he would like uh, snitch on on Cassian. I'm like, bro, I'm like yeah, no, f- yeah, fuck this guy, get him out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares about the- it? Reminds me of Roy from freaking the IT crowd. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know if you've, ever, if you've ever seen that show. It's a pretty good show. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, let's see, Smith Lord speaks says church bells still ring and we all own watches. Don't, I don't see the issue of the bit of tradition. Well, you know, it's, you know, churches. I, one of the things that gets me is that it's not even a very good bell. Like it's not like <laughs> it, it's, it's like a piece dull. of metal scrap or something that they drug up there. 
Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it doesn't feel like it would be like a very good, yeah, like you wouldn't be able to hear it across, uh, you know, very far. But that guy would really get along with the Mandalorians. If only they could bridge the gap. If only. Oh, yeah. So here, uh, you know what? We're going to kind of spoil a little bit and jump into episode three just a little bit with this lady. Uh, I Again, I forget the actress's name, but she was in Harry Potter. She was, yeah, she was there, one of the third leads. Yeah, she yeah. was Antonia, which I was like, "Oh, dude, I, I recognize that lady." It's been it's been a minute. It was but... awesome, and she was awesome. I mean, all of the actors I think did a fantastic job so far. Mm. So I mean, yeah, yeah, it was really good seeing her in this part. She kind of brought her uh, Fiona Shaw. Work. Fiona Shaw is her name. Yeah, but uh, gotta love Joker voice. He's like an encyclopedia. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um. Uh. At any rate, I did enjoy her. The one thing I didn't enjoy about her character is her weird logic in the next episode, where she like kidnaps and uh, she kidnaps Cassian from his planet for like no reason. Yeah, I'm like, I I love her. She seems like a nice lady, and she's like, she's like a mother to him, and obviously, and obviously he cares about her with like with the way they're they they have this interaction. But I'm like, bro, she like straight up like, uh, you're a uh, what's it, what's it called? Uh, it's when when you get when you start to identify with your captors. Stockholm oh, syndrome. Stockholm. He's, he's kind of got Stockholm syndrome for this lady. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, she did basically mm -hmm. kidnap him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why she didn't just get him out of the ship and send him on his way. Um, but yeah, whatever. That's Maybe that's also, her thing. Also, how dare you, JV? He says he hates B, uh, B2. I finally get a stutter in Star Wars, and it's a stupid droid on wheels with that gets peed on. Yeah, I... <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah. Like I, I know you have a stutter, uh, but I and I understand that it seems like it's unfair that it's a droid. But I'm like at the same time, I like this droid. He's like it. He's kind of cool, and also he instantly reminded me of a Dalek. So I'm like, I I kind of like that. Like I'm a big Doctor Who fan. So when I saw this red this red uh, droid with the eye in the middle and it, like going around like that, it instantly reminded me of a Dalek, and I loved it. It reminded me of old Bob on the black hole. Oh, the little beat up robot little floating ones i can't say I've, can't say i've ever seen that one. Oh, I, the black hole i'm excellent. not that familiar i'm a little i kind of know what you're talking about I, but not enough to like say ah yes yeah that guy i'm an old nerd and it's okay <laughs> i mean we're all getting up there with the old nerd <laughs> as every year that goes by it's just like oh god and so yeah i agree <laughs> Daleks are cool are cool AF, and that thing looks exactly like one. Just it's only the only thing it's missing is the plunger and the little weird gun thing. <laughs> oh, an egg whisk. Exactly, an egg whisk. <laughs> and then saying exterminate. It's high quality uh effects that they had on Doctor Who back in the day. I mean, you know. <laughs> did what they, they did what they could with it with that shoestring British budget. Oh, There's yeah. amazing stories of like Daleks having to try and pee. I think it was like uh, it was when they they invaded London in one of the real old episodes, and there was a bit where they realized all the Daleks were queuing because there was a grate, and you could like it was on like a bike wheels, and you could wheel your Dalek over it and piss into the grate. Piss into the grate. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Uh, so let's see here. We kind of kind of skip ahead a little bit, like. Yeah, like not. A, I'll be honest. I think I know why they did three episodes because not a whole lot happens in from episode to episode. Like we get a few, a few like important parts. Like seeing here, like him knowing that he's hiding that he's from Canari because for some reason that's like a taboo. Like people don't don't know what Canari is or they don't know why he's there or why 
or like they, they don't know that he's uh you know from there and we all don't know why like it just seems kind of like just did you tell them you're from canari no i haven't told anyone like well they found out like you know there's they make a big stink about that and then like we have again we have this dude he's, he, he drops the dime on on uh andor and then after that <laughs> we have the set we have the fabled sex scene <laughs> but but not really like a whole lot honestly happens other than like then we get this dude the freaking like the the I, he's I, intense I feel, like, I feel like i've seen him before somewhere like honestly i feel like i've seen this actor before somewhere but i can't place him but yeah like just instantly i'm just like i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> i i find they've made these characters even though they're really unlikable they're very compelling yeah. the, one of the things i've liked about this it gives me feelings of um Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, you know, of like following around characters that you know aren't right and they're doing wrong things, but they're still compelling to watch. And like, yeah, these two guys will like that for me. Mm. I completely agree. Yeah. Joke Voice says nothing happens. The three episodes could have easily been cut down to two and you have uh, a better paced series up to this point. I don't know. I felt like it was one complete thought. It was just, it was almost like a a mini movie to start the series off. Um, I, I feel like where it ended in the third episode was really where the actual story is kicking off. So I like that they went ahead and just got this out of the way. Um, and I like that they took their time. I didn't really mind the pacing of it. Um, I just was kind of, again, I was sort of bored just because I, I just don't like Andor. I'm just not really, really a big fan <laughs> of that character. I was more interested in these other characters. And that's why I did like that they focused more on them. Um, plus, I always kind of like seeing more of the bad guy perspective instead of just having the big bad show up um at the most inopportune moment you know i I prefer to actually sort of see their planning process and see their side of it and maybe understand the reasoning behind it a little bit more um and why it means so much to them uh so yeah i enjoyed fair enough fair enough and that's what i was getting at earlier is that i feel like yeah it's the show maybe even though it's called andor is very much not even about him it's about a lot of the other characters Mm -hmm. that frame this story yeah He's more yeah, of just the vessel to 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 show us these stories, these other characters, introduce them to us, and some <laughs> but, of them may survive. I mean, not everyone that we've met so far was even in Rogue One, so um, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to die. Hmm. They could pop up in something later. Yeah, I would I would absolutely agree. Like that's that's a good point as well. Is that just because we don't see them in Rogue One doesn't mean that this dude, like the security guy, is going to end up dying. He could end up joining the Empire, and we end up seeing him in a later in like you know rebels or we end up seeing him in a live action thing later on down the line so i would i that's a good point i like that idea and so let's see yes uh milk toast i don't know how how serious this is but he says he loves this dude he was in fantastic in chernobyl hanging dong oh like, <laughs> like like I, radioactive like decayed dong like dong that's burnt and falling like off and like, off and yeah yeah like uh uh, Quentin Tarantino in Planet Terror. Yes, yes, it's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> oh God, that scene. Oh God, that scene was messed up. Yes, I. I oh, well, I haven't watched uh, that in a while. Yeah, bad image. Uh, so, yeah, I. I wonder, is there any kind of like, do you guys, uh, like, when he goes back to, or he go, like one big thing about this about these three episodes is this weird box, this weird like imperial like box that he goes and strips from a from a ship. Like, do we like? Do you think that's going to show up anymore? Because he tried. Because in episode three, he tries going back for it. Like he ends up like running for it. And there's this big old like stink about the fact that he didn't get the box. Do you think there's like that's going to end up uh, coming back later on? Yeah, man. I'm just gonna uh, I'm, like, maybe. 
because not a whole lot happens in this episode. I think I might just skip over to episode three because yeah, I think it was. <laughs> I think the box was more just about um, showing <clears throat> how Cassian needs to change his mindset. He was focused on the item because of its value um, and what that could mean to him for his mission. And uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character is ushering him down a different path now and introducing him to the rebellion and helping him truly fight the people that he's angry at. Um, so I, I think that it was more just about proving a point in that scene. I don't know that the actual item will come back up later. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was, I was just, I was wondering about that. I'm just like, he made this big old thing, like trying to like risk his, his life, the whole, ep or like the whole like end of the episode uh, here. I'm just going to jump. I'll jump right over to it. Like this. Yeah, trying to get that. And well, I suppose I like, like, he still has this idea that that's his ticket, like out of it, out of danger, and getting mm -hmm. away from like this murder rap that he's got. Mm -hmm. now, I, he doesn't I, I, realize I really he's about it. to go into a completely different world now, and none of that's going to matter anymore. I yeah. I want to say though, I love this entire scene of like uh, the guy basically being his mentor, mm -hmm. and, and like rule one: oh, never have something they can control. Or, or the, yeah, yeah, it's like that's the one. rule one: never have something they can control. Rule two: Always build your exit on the way in. Like I love that yeah. stuff. Like how he like sets up a, a explosive charge up uh, before he ever like walked in the building and stuff like that. Like I love this whole like spy master thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that he'll be a lot more. There'll be a lot more of him in the series. Um, I'm sure he'll probably die at some point, and that'll be another thing to embitter Cassian. But um, but yeah, I think he's going to be a pretty awesome mentor figure and a very key element to the story. Absolutely. I'm, I hope he, if he does die, I hope he doesn't die too soon. Like I would like him to stick around for a little while Yeah. because like I said, like I, this entire scene, like him being a mentor, then them fighting their way out from the security forces, like was actually kind of cool. Like this was probably the best scene of the entire episode hmm. or honestly the best scene of all three episodes. All this, three, whole, yeah. this whole fight scene and like this crazy, like whatever warehouse with all these weird, like, I don't even know, chains, hung up against the wall and shit like this is really strange but I, like there's no reason for any of this to be here but it's really cool and it makes for a really good scene yeah yeah it's it's this series i think is doing a really good thing of getting into like good filmmaking i think you know i'm understanding mm -hmm. kind of like you can have tension within a story without having this huge spectacle so yeah. like this being our showdown in this you know sort of kind of gloomy warehouse or a old foundry or whatever it is like you know they use the environment really well and create tension out of not that much you know and yeah you know in a way they're fighting renter cops but like it's a big deal yeah um one of the things i wanted to mention about the the box i agree with it being a MacGuffin and just this thing that sort of gets through but i think that's great about it is the whole uh, process of it i think wonderfully reveals a lot of the world that they're in so like the whole thing when um bix goes to send out the um signal and like there's already you know a code to get in there people know it's there she has a hookup and again it's this thing of like building around that these people aren't the rebellion but like they're having to like work around the empire like they're still suffering and you can sort of see like i, I like that this is sort of showing you the people want out of this and like yeah. you know people the rebel alliance begins because life is bad and they're already doing half of this. They're just not calling themselves rebels. They're not united yet. See, I don't know if that if that's true yet because honestly, they it seems like Bix in the in episode one, I think it is. She goes to that tower and she's like, she you know she does like the secret passcode. They're like, oh yeah, go look in the back and whatever. And then she goes into this like secret tower and starts like transmitting stuff. And then this guy comes up, or uh, the not him, uh, yeah, th uh, this dude 
he ends up coming up and like uh you know recruiting cassian and then more than that we also have this other guy uh here in a second let me see if i can find it right here yeah like the other like one of the construction worker dudes that works with with cassian like he he chained up this uh the shuttle to this like uh i don't know engine block or something and caused it to crash so like it seems like they are the rebellion they're just like they're kind of like a splinter like a secret like a splinter cell kind of like in rebels how they That's talk true, about yeah. there's different there's different cells that work throughout the uh, yeah, yeah. and I think there's still a core group and that's what he's part of um, and probably Mon Mothma as well. Um, I'm sure that I mean we've seen trailers for what's coming up and we see him in much more political attire. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's some sort of a senator or something because obviously the core group is going to be right where everything's happening there um, on Coruscant. So um, yeah, I could definitely see there being oh. a lot more organization at this point than we really realize oh i mean it oh, is yeah, only like, five years before um the battle of yavin so oh yeah like i'm not i'm not denying that he has connections to mon mothma and he has connections to that but what i'm saying is that yeah he he's like the middleman that goes and sets up the cell somewhere like yeah. he like because he probably recruited bix and he probably recruited the other guy like the the, mm -hmm. the the dude who uh like i said he chains up the uh the shuttle so like it's chances are that he's like one of the dudes kind of like uh i would say almost like hera who's yeah. like a leader he's a leader of a cell exactly. and, he, and he knows like the main group but i want to um sorry yeah uh, jv did confirm actually yeah he has a dual roles underground rebel and an imperial senator so you're, you're spot on there just we are going to see him being a senator yeah. um and that thing i want to talk about the guy chaining the pod up before the guy tries to take off I, that is i really love it like, i feel bad for the guy that got <laughs> sent to go get the pod though <laughs> I do feel bad for him, but like I, I also slightly don't because it's like all you had to do was stop when you knew something was wrong. Yeah, yeah, all no, you had to like, do was pause right there. Like the second yeah. you feel that, just like land the shuttle, stop yeah. trying to fly. Because yeah, he's just, he he. You see him, he fights it, and he's just like, oh well, clearly this this must be a problem with with me or so. I like no, you idiot, just stop. But, but yeah, like I did enjoy that scene, like the uh, the fact that there are like multiple people working behind the scenes trying to like stop and honestly the entire town the fact that like at this point they're all like banging on the on these on the metal they're all like warning the entire town to go lock up your doors like get get in your houses and everything it feels like the entire planet is almost like a rebellion planet i'm sure that it's like that everywhere too i mean basically the the most downtrodden people are going to be the blue collar workers um that are out there in the galaxy and they're going to be the ones that are going to want to fight back first um, and because they have the most reason to. Um, mm -hmm. And also they're the ones that can make the most stuff happen because they have access to so many things by working in these shipyards and these mining facilities and everything else. So I can see them being you know, very key to the whole progression of the re rebellion. Mm -hmm. I like that that whole warning system. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to if we learn at some point, you know, that you get things. I uh, think about to House of the Dragons that sometimes these security officers come in a bit like the gold coats did, um, in that way. You know, they they don't like hanging around. They don't want to you know be patrolling there and keep an eye. But if things get a bit rough, they'll turn up really heavy handed. You know, just sort of like deal out justice as they see fit and then leave. And so that's why these guys are all like, we have to just run because we don't know. They are there just for Cassian, but the guys of this planet don't know that. They don't know who's going to get caught up. And like even Bix, Bix was just running away in a suspicious way. Yeah, mm. and she got, and they stopped her and just like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And like she wasn't even part of it. And also this part, like where they where they come and shake down his mom's house, and, and like flat out just like they start tearing the place up and like 
like almost in in the most like messed up ways. Like they're tearing up his bed and shit like that. I'm like, what are you gonna find? You know, throwing around his like personal items and shit like that. Like honestly, or or like I also like the, how they they're sitting there threatening his droid. Again, one of those political things of like we want us to take out your memory unit. They can't do that. Don't let him scare you. I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's because <laughs> you know what? I'm pretty sure droids don't have the same rights as humans. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they can do it if they want to. But yeah, it would no, be a like, lot less dramatic if you know everyone was just like, "I'm filming this. I am filming this." <laughs> Technically, the droid can say he's filming this. <laughs> just I'm like, if droids can make like the holograms the way like you know R two D two could, he he could totally be like, "I'm making a hologram." <laughs> <laughs> this is going out on my YouTube right now. I posted it right now. <laughs> World star. <laughs> World star. Yep, exactly. Uh, also, it's got to be said, these guys are kind of uh, the, the two of them, just Andor and uh, and what's his name, L uh, Lutheran or what, Luth shit, uh, Luthan, Luthan, Luthan. So it's uh, like Lutheran not, but without the earth. Yeah, not yeah. Lutheran. That's a that's a whole it's a crazy sect of religion of Christianity. No, no. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a crazy sect. I think it's just a well, denomination I, of Christianity. Well, I well I think all Christianity <laughs> is crazy. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but no. <laughs> It's neither here nor there. But at, at any rate, yeah, Luthen. Like I gotta say, how badass they are because how like how crazy it is that like twelve of these heavily armed freaking uh, you know Renicops come in there and they take them all down with like no problem whatsoever. I I really really enjoyed the the way they kind of trick them with the other speeder, and like yeah. again, it's it's great how they get around because they're smarter than these guys because they they know they're outnumbered so they have to think differently. Whereas mm -hmm. these dudes come in going. We, we are the law. We represent the empire. You know, like people will be happy with us and we are right. They don't even think, it seems, that they could be challenged by these yeah. guys. <laughs> Joker Boy says it's sure convenient that they instantly know where he lives. I'm like, yeah, but that's like, I'm I'm going to chalk it up to like, there, there are a couple of scenes where he has like his, his, you know, like lowers. Like if he's a sergeant, he has all of his privates like working on like the, you know, all the tech guys that are working on you know where Andor lives and where he where he where he goes hmm. and stuff like that. Like I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to it doesn't. It's not a big deal because I mean honestly, it's that's a that's a tiny uh you know. Well, a, wasn't it Bix's like, Bix's boyfriend that oh, him out? That's, so I'm that's sure, right. I'm sure he told them where where he lives. That's right. That's right. He did rat them out. So all right. So yes, that's exactly what happened. So yeah, it's not just that they knew where he was. That he told them. Yeah. Although, yeah, Joker says he's going to scoot. So it's been nice seeing you. Thanks for thanks for jumping in, though. Later, JV. And at any rate, so yeah, this, that whole this whole scene was pretty good. I, I I thought the fight scene was pretty cool. Like just the fact that they, yeah, like you said, they have that whole scene with the speeder that like they they just weren't expecting them to do this stuff, and then after the fact, they blow up the speeder, and it's and then they're out of there. I I love that whole thing. It's just like. The, like you said, Harrison, the, uh, they have to think differently, and like they're they're like not I don't want to say terrorist, but their guerrilla tactics are are pretty cool. It's like, and that feels very much like something that that you don't see in either Rogue One or in another Star Wars story. Like that feels like very much very Star Wars to me, or very rebellion to me. And, yeah. and the, these action sequences in general were just really, really well done. Like they felt very intense. They didn't feel really slow like the ones in Book of Boba did, and and um. It, they everything felt on a much like i said earlier grander scale and scope 
um, you can feel that this is a much larger world. It's not just a set. Uh, I mean, I will admit some, there were some times where they were walking around that it sort of looked like uh, the streets of, um, you know, Galaxy's Edge. But, um, but <laughs> you know, all in all, I, I was very pleased with the aesthetic of it and the, the directing on it. And it did feel very big and very real. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was very intense. I enjoyed these moments. A difference you can tell, like between, like say, like the finale, of the Book of Boba, and just this episode, like you have the street fights. It's like yeah. in Book of Boba, like there's so few casualties, like yeah. especially on like Boba's side, like no one really gets hurt. Although you know the biker gang seem to be cool, all those people turn up in that entire van and are in plain sight of those droids, but they all survive. Or is in this, there's 14 guys and then two guys, and like they are slowly picking people off, and people die like constantly. There's real, real stakes to this fight. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in a battle that should be like a one-sided fight, it's like incredible how how well they actually do. I feel like they've definitely been a lot more willing to go there. I mean, even in Kenobi, like when uh, Vader is walking down the street, just you know, snapping necks and stuff. So um, yeah, they're definitely not uh, afraid to 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 do this. But um, yeah, I, I do feel like the stakes in Book of Boba were not really where they are in something like this right now. Mm -hmm. yeah, I would, I would that definitely. That you've paused on is so good. That 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 guy just crushed. <laughs> like, it's fantastic. Yeah, like he just can't believe that two guys like just totally wrecked it. And also, he's just like, we should have won this. We're the law. Like, what? How could this possibly happen? I'm like, yeah, I know. I I love that. Just like, I like dawning on how that. much trouble he's in. Like, because the chief inspector's got to come back and find oh, yeah. out. So you did what I told you not to do, and you did it really badly. So do you yeah. think this is going to strengthen his convictions, or do you think this will be something to make him second-guess himself? I think that he's going to be told, hand in your badge and gun, and then he's going to go rogue and go all, like, crazy and be like, I'm I'm a damn good cop. I can still do this. Like, he's going to go all diehard on this shit. Well, maybe he may join the Empire at that point. Exactly. He might just be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go join the Empire, and he'll go like enlist in the in the Imperial Army. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, when the you know, Chief Inspector gets back, that he's like, well, now you've done this. Like, we can't back down from it. Otherwise, it looks like a huge defeat to us. Uh... You know, so, like, so he's like, it's almost like his punishment is he has to keep going. It's like, you have to find him. Otherwise, like, it's your head. Mm -hmm. Maybe. See, yeah, but I, like I like we've all been talking about like this whole uh, last hour. It's been it, I'm interested to see how this goes and how his story arc continues. And the fact that like the last things we see are like we see her we, like we see all the characters that we've gotten this thus far. Like we get uh, Marva, we get Bix, uh, we get this other dude who's like a friend of Cassian, who's like his uh, I guess his Rasso, his work, I think is yeah, dude. his like working buddy. So we get to see a few of these different characters. It's interesting to see. I'm, I'm, and the fact that we end the episode on all of that, like on, like we're we're just kind of like it's somber music, and we see each of them kind of all doing their own thing. I'm like, we're gonna it, the the story is gonna definitely focus on each of these characters, like possibly one at a time, and or maybe not, like we're not gonna have one episode just about Andor, one episode just about Bix, or what, but we're gonna be jumping around a lot to these different people and seeing, and we're gonna be catching up a lot with what they're doing. So do you really think that they'll come back? Because I, I almost kind of feel like he's leaving and he's never looking back. You know, this is going to that's why they mirrored this moment there at the end where there's the shot of him as a child entering into this new part of his life with all new people. And then it's mirrored by him as an adult doing the same thing. So I'm wondering if 
we may never even see those characters again. Well, I'm gonna say we're like I'm thinking we're definitely gonna see Bix. Like she, if nothing else, she's gonna like she'll have a bone to pick with the with the dude with the sergeant guy who who's like whose men killed her uh, boyfriend, whatever. Like I'll definitely see her coming back, or maybe she has a like she could have some like misplaced anger at uh, Cassian for it, because like she blames him like oh if you hadn't been here if you hadn't done what you did they would never have been here they would like you know I could definitely see her trying to get revenge on him for that or just blaming him for it because I definitely don't see Cassian trying to go back to that planet and I'm sure that it's going to be under martial law at this point after this kind of uprising so we'll, to speak we'll see I, I i would argue that if anything he might do it to, to go back for his mom or to go back for her like in order in order for like watch like one episode i think we might have like oh i know we'll we'll like attack his family or we'll like bring his family up on charges or something like that for his crimes and like try something to try to draw him out something like that i think you're right i, th I think i don't know whether he'll come back to that planet but i think there will be something to do with either his mother is dead marva's dead or yeah, she'll be used as bait to try and lure him out. Because yeah, like also we we don't know what happened to uh, in this same episode, which I did want to bring up. Uh, here, let me let me see if I can find it. You talk about uh, his father. They say about how his father was was hanged. Yeah, I, this, I, I think we're gonna see Cassian. Just, I think we're gonna see a pattern over the course of the series of Cassian just losing everyone that he ever cares about, which will be why in Rogue One he is so embittered and so unwilling to have any hope. Um, and that's why it's so meaningful that Jen and the rest of the crew kind of reignite that spark within him. Mm -hmm. Which makes it all the more sad that he just dies like right after that. Like he gets, he gets hope and like, and finally finds peace. Yeah. <laughs> he has a sense of family and friendship. And then he's just like, Oh, well, you know what? Never mind then. Let me just die. <laughs> but at any rate, yeah, yeah I, do I know, you know, yeah. I, quit while I, you're I believe, yeah. yeah, but I believe both the, like this character at least will. I believe both of those characters will show up because we still need to see how this guy dies. Like they said, he gets hanged, but it's not that he dies; it's how. That's the magic, damn it. Yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting, and uh, I, I like this. I haven't mentioned this so far, but I have personally enjoyed the huge British cast in this entire show. It's been very fun to have so many British people and lots of different types as well. So most like we don't get Scottish people turning up in these sort of productions. So, so you're saying that you're biased. Okay, cool. Yes. Yes, I am. That's exactly what he's saying. He, all the Brits show up and Harrison's just like, yay! And especially, they're not all Brits being like, oh yes, here I am uh, in the Empire. I'm in space now. They're actually like, you know, like, yeah, look, what are, you know, they're Northerners and they're people from Scotland and the people from London, the real people. Are you, you going to be wearing a Union Jack next episode? Is that going to have it on a big shirt? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But don't go that far. <laughs> I, I love my people, but uh, maybe not so much that flag. That... <laughs> so, all right. So what are they, hang on a second. You're from Liverpool. What do they call, uh, Scousers or something like that? Scouse. Or... Yeah, Scouse. Scou Scousers. Scousers, I, I, I swear. They, I, I watched speak the English. Yeah, I know. Sp speak an actual language. I understand. <laughs> but at any rate, yeah, no, that's neither here nor there. British people in the, in Star Wars, good for you, Harrison. You get you get your representation. So it was that guy who was talking um, to uh, Luthen on the ship on like the shuttle. I was like, what is this dude? This weird little character from some British play that's turned up now. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're no. ripping you off here in this place. Watch your wallet. Oh, now. Oh, God, that costs a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, had a bit of a Mary Poppins vibe. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's that's. See now, Harrison. Now you understand. Watching that guy, now you understand how we as Americans all feel when we look at anything British. <laughs> well, spit spot, yeah, governor. <laughs> yeah, no. Secrets uh, out. Wouldn't be it. Wouldn't be the Folk Entertainment Podcast if I didn't do some kind of like anti-British or or Scottish or Irish and, and well, you know, I was gonna say European, but yeah, that that's not doesn't apply anymore. I'm- I'm European. I'm claiming <laughs> I, European. Fine, I so am, my anti-European, you know, nonsense. Yeah, yeah. USA, yeah. USA. <laughs> but real quick, I wanted to try. I wanted to jump jump on this real quick. Is that so? It it shows from like an early age. Like you remember how he said, like in uh, Rogue One, it's like I've been fighting since I was six years old or whatever. So I'm assuming that this is supposed to be and or you know, circa six years old or around that age, like a young young age. Hmm. So, but my, well, I'm curious though, do you think it's ever going to be like revealed or talked about the fact that it's not the empire right here that crashed and killed one of his friends? It's the Republic. And I'm curious about what was on that ship that killed all of those people. It was obviously some sort of toxic material that was released. Um, so I'm very, very curious about that. Yeah, no, agreed. Like they have this whole thing. Like Harrison was talking about it off air too. Is that he was wondering what made them all like have yellow skin? Mm-hmm. And I, in I believe it was in episode two when we see one of the flashbacks. You see like when the guys are stumbling out of the out of the build or out of the ship. There's like a green gas that that mm-hmm. is emitting from it. And they also uh, Marva and her husband, who, have, who I don't believe is named in this episode, but yeah, her uh, Marva and him ha- both have masks on, and yeah. they talk about how like oh the gas must have they, it, it already you know it dissipated. It's like we're safe. We can take our masks off. So it, it there is something that's kind of to be to be wondered about that is like what's up with this like Republic uh, ship? Why was it on this planet that is a, supposedly a dead planet that nobody goes to? Like who shot it down? Like what were they after? Like I, and I wonder if that's just like a, something we're gonna learn or if that's just something that's like oh it doesn't matter. This is only just something so we can frame why Cassian is so angry from the get go. I would think that it would come back, especially if they continue the flashbacks and everything, because obviously his newfound parents were on some sort of a mission um, to find something specific. So um, like, I, I, I do, I do think that if they continue with the flashbacks, we're going to see how that played out and what they were trying to do. Cause it, it doesn't, it feels way too elaborate to be irrelevant. Yeah. It looks like uh, here, I'm going to try to, I'm going to skip forward a little bit. It shows that that's what, like what they were after in addition to kidnapping a child was also like these weird, like fuel cells or whatever. Mm. Okay. So yeah, I I do wonder that as well. Is are we gonna is this gonna become a, a more important thing? Because they focus a little heavily on what on this part. Do those like, canisters contain whatever it was that killed all those people? Exactly. That, that like, gas? Are we gonna end up seeing this somewhere down the line? It's like, oh, it turns out your mom sold this like poisonous gas that killed that you know led to the death of one of your friends. She sells it to like you know the empire or the rebellion or like watch like it's it's gonna we're gonna get like some kind of dark reveal that her, that. His mom actually did something something really me, like wrong with this with these canisters, and he's not going to like it. Well, I do think we're going to see that the rebellion has done some terrible things in order to fight back against the empire. Um, so, I, I mean, maybe we're going to see them release some sort of, you know, uh, chemical on some area, and it's going to turn out to not be as good as they'd hoped it would be. And maybe there'll be a bunch of innocent bystanders killed and. It'll be kind of a that well, that's the price of war sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I could I could definitely see them doing some stuff like that, or even Andor having to make uh, those kind of like 
decisions or having to like like yeah. I would I could definitely see one of the lesson three. Sometimes you got to kill innocent people. Hmm. Like I could definitely see some stuff like that going on. I'm I'm gonna be interested to see how like yeah, he's already kind of like a not a not a killer, but like not a cold blooded killer, but he's already kind of like a tougher like kind of grittier dude. I'm interested to see how like any kind of compromises he's going to have to make of his like morals or of his, of his mind of like his uh, beliefs as the show goes on. He's obviously the type that they want working for them. Someone that's willing to do anything for the cause. So yeah, exactly. So, and, and so, yeah, like he's, he's a true believer in, in the rebellion or at least he will be. So it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he gets to that, like where we're going to be by episode 12. Yeah, I think that at this point, he's just been focused on his own plight and being angry at the people that are immediately responsible for what he's going through. And I think what he's stepping into is going to help open his mind up and realize that the picture is much bigger than that and that the problem is much bigger than that. And it's mm. what he's doing can be effective, but it needs to be applied in different ways. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree to that. And like I said, I'm I'm absolutely into it i know you may not be as as down for it like you might have like you said like not a whole lot happens i'm still it's... gonna watch it you know i just <laughs> you know i'm just not a big fan of cassie and andor i, I don't I, it's okay. whatever i mean it's fine i don't have a problem with the actor he does a fine job with the performance i'm just the character is like i said he's diet han solo and i'm not a big han solo fan he's so. see i'm, I'm, I'm all the way I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely blunt here. He's kind of Mexican Han Solo. Like that's that's really his what he's got going for him. Today. He, <laughs> I mean, he checks I, he checks that ethnicity box. I did have a fun thing where I I wasn't too sure what I'd seen Diego Luna in because you know me I don't watch that much TV. I never watch the good stuff. Um, and then I realized partway through I was like, why do I know his voice? And it's because I've seen the Book of Life a couple of times. And so I spent the rest of this thing like expecting to break out into song. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny is I've never actually seen the Book of Life. I, I heard he was in it, but I never actually saw it, and I, I just didn't. I'm like, I saw Coco. I'm, I've seen my, I've done my share. <laughs> it, it is kind of diet Coco, yeah. Um, in the same way that he's diet Han Solo, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's a pretty good looking movie. I know, um, but but Ice Cube is the worst in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's That's no reason your to be sorry. story. <laughs> there, there's no the reason Ice to be sorry Cube, about. dude. <laughs> what happened to you, man? You used to be NWA. So <laughs> but at any rate, yeah. So I think we're uh that's pretty much the end of it here. Uh I think what I'll end it with. Actually, you know what, real quick, is there anything last that you guys wanted to talk about? Any any topics that, about this episodes you wanted to jump on that I didn't that I missed or I jumped over? One tiny highlight that I just love is um Aunt Petunia, because I've already forgotten her real name. Um, when she is just freaking out those two guards who've been left with her I, I love it i love that she just she turns on the scary old english lady voice and it's like but what you really need to fear is when the sound stops yeah she was extra creepy there at the end it was awesome she was really getting under their skin it was great to watch and it, it seems like it's it was kind of a bluff because it's not like you know, suddenly all the townspeople rushed out when the clanging stopped and fought them off. Like, but she freaked those guys out, and I don't know whether it was just to put them on edge so that you know they're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a really fun scene. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed that too. And I've, like, it's not like anything actually happened when the when the clanging stopped. Like, yeah, the whatever they the the it's called the freaking speeder flew out. But yeah, like, but that was a really cool, intimidating scene. It, and it kind of like adds like is she part of the rebellion too like that 
like that kind of like whole monologue just kind of it felt very much like you said that's what a reckoning sounds like i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was a badass I, moment uh, how about you josh were there any scenes that you wanted to talk about before we head out um did we talk about the five bby thing did we did we talk about that at the beginning? Oh, uh, no, I don't believe we did. But yeah, go ahead. I thought like, that I, that was very interesting because that was, I mean, I, I I did like that they continued what they did with Rogue One where they actually named the planets. And I like that they even added a little bit of extra detail so you sort of get an idea of what the purpose of this planet is and, and a feel for what's going to be going on there and why the Empire may or may not have a presence there. Um, but I did think it was very interesting that they opened the series with 5 BBY because they're actually making it canon this this timeline that the fandom sort of created in reference to the original film. Um, so I, I do think that that's kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's something that's just for us. Um, but the fact that we actually got to see it on the screen in a Star Wars property, I thought that was kind of unique. Um, and I did like it um, because people are pretty much every show. People are like, well, when does this take place? How does this, this apply to everything else? What else is going on during that time? So, you know, right from the start, it's established in a way that we would understand this is when this is and what yes. we're building towards. Yes. So I thought that was episode four. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, no, that, that is great. And I really do. I enjoy that myself. Like when they, cause I'm, I'm one of those guys who's like, fuck that before Starkiller based bullshit. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> right. people, have tried, people have tried that with the prequel or the sequel trilogy. They're like, yeah, no more BBY. Now it's like five BSB. I'm like, nope, not doing it. Nope. No, it's no. BBY for for life, yeah. <laughs> or, a, or ABY, sense. or ABY yeah. for if we're Empire Strikes Back and on. If but, yeah, yeah, if you were gonna do any of it, I think you'd like. If you were gonna change anything, you'd choose like you'd go backwards. You go like Order sixty six, because mm. it's such a pivotal moment in Star yeah. Wars. I would have said like, but yeah, like yeah, also why would you? Because creation as you say, of the Empire kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. or like the before like, see. Order 66, I think that'd be kind of a weird, like, B-O-S-S. <laughs> so, bo <laughs> five boss. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I, like that. I, I would say but maybe, like, uh, before the fall of the Jedi. Like, so, B-F-J. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I would, I, but either way, it doesn't matter. We already have A-B-Y or B or B-B-Y. It, it works perfectly. We're just, yeah. Let's just go with it. It's a time-honored yeah, tradition. It, it, it's been there for so Yeah, for it's well-established. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like that they embrace that. Yeah, and and that's one thing that that I think that's when you go into, into like, not prequel, but, like, original trilogy uh, stuff, like, that's that's probably like uh, the best thing for it is when you uh, actually acknowledge, like, all of the stuff that all the original fans really liked like the like the BBY like that the fact that we're it, and let me see what I'm trying to say is here is that if they did that in Mandalorian it would feel kind of out of place because that's like its own story that's its own thing the fact that they're doing it in Andor it it feels right because Andor is part of like it feels like it's part of like the a new hope and like the rogue one like that whole era mm -hmm. of stuff like that's that's what I'm getting at is that is that yeah it, it absolutely feels like they're like they're just incorporating it in in a place where it just fits perfectly mm -hmm. absolutely and I love, I mean, I think Rogue One is arguably at least top three Star Wars films for me. Um, if not, maybe the best one in many ways. Um, it, it, if it had a little bit more, I mean, what Empire is just perfection. But Jedi for me is kind of the heart of the story and the climax of it all for me. And that's why I do love it. But uh, I mean, Rogue One is is beautiful. Um, it's, it's everything that I think we wanted 
Star Wars to become. Um, and I am glad that they're embracing that. Um, but at the same time, I like I said earlier, I do want them to still maintain that innocence level and keep it Star Wars as much as possible. No, and, and I think Rogue One really balanced that well, whereas with this, they might have gone a little further in the direction that in the adult direction, which is, is fine. I mean, they have had more childlike properties as well. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to say no, yeah, fuck nice. that. I want I want next episode. I want Bix to go full frontal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like hard R. <laughs> Come on, Shanti, get, get on my side. Do on it. One. Do it. <laughs> Do it, you cowards. That's okay. <laughs> if they That's can show me. Is- Go ahead. I'm gonna say if they can show me C3PO bare ass naked in episode one, next to a child, no less. Right. Right. (laughs) I'll be wearing out the pause button on that episode. It's okay. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly how it goes. Yes, Shanti, I'm all about the climax. That's that's a good point. Okay, we're not gonna go very far on it, but I want to point out they have someone say shit in Star Wars. That's like the first time I've ever heard someone like actually curse in Star Wars. Like. There's a part where like the the fat like sergeant guy is like, oh shit, and is and like when the when the explosions yeah. just start popping off, yeah, like so like that's just an interesting thing. I've ne- I've never heard them actually. Like, there's one part I can think of that Han Solo said to Leia, "What the hell are you doing?" Or like he says hell a lot, but I mean okay, whatever. It it makes sense that you know heaven hell that religion would be a thing in Star Wars. But I'm like, but yeah, I've never heard them actually. Like, they usually say like poodoo or like dank ferric or they make up they make up some bullshit like curse word no i actually like that they that they had real cursing in there because i mean from my perspective basic isn't english it's being translated from whatever it is for us so maybe there are some curse words that translate directly and some that don't so the ones that don't are the ones that are foreign to us like you know the ones you said and then the ones that they can translate they do and so we'll get a damn or a hell or a shit or whatever all right, fair enough. Maybe I guess that's just the the TARDIS isn't working when it when they say dank ferric. It just it, it doesn't it doesn't translate. <laughs> or maybe it just doesn't have a, a literal translation, or maybe we don't have a word for it in English. So all right, fair enough. All, all right, right real I just want to pop in there. I am fueled by hell tonight. We found oh, this shit. hell energy drink. <laughs> oh, classic hell. None of that new hell. Classic no. hell. Classic hell. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh yeah, she says she had uh, General Shinobi says she had an issue with a guy eating blue noodles out of a Chinese takeout. But uh, you know what? I, I just want to put the la- fine. The last thing I'll say on that is that I love how Star Wars is obsessed with blue. So we have blue milk. We have like I think next to the dude, like next to his blue his uh, noodles is like blue alcohol or some blue liquid or something like that. Then we have the dude eating blue noodles. Grogu ate some blue uh, what's it like the cookies or whatever the hell in like Star Wars just loves blue. Maybe they don't have the FDA. And they're all just making Nyquil TikTok challenges. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Logical. <laughs> Thrawn. That yeah, see, and Thrawn, they they're obsessed with blue. Yeah, she's obsessed with blue too. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no, I I know. I saw her her post about the blue hot dogs. I'm just like, ew, that's that's horrible. <laughs> even for, even for you, shame on you, uh, General yeah, I mean, Shinobi. Who's, who's gonna dip their junk in that? How long do you have to do it? I mean, come on. <laughs> She's wanting that throng dong. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Last comment, and then I will. Then I'll ask you guys the last last question, and we will get the hell out of here. All right, the uh, the fe- says fresh news says the fact that they called some hologram thing in Boba Fett a tablet 
is when I gave up on sci-fi naming items. <laughs> fair enough. That's a, that's, a, that's fair enough. That's true. All right, guys. So last thing I'm going to ask is, uh, I always ask this of every guest is what did you guys give this out of five? Like for the, for all three episodes, we don't have to do one by one at a time, but just for all three of them together as the premiere, what do you give it out of five? So, uh, Josh, how about you? I'd give it three out of five. Ooh, visually, five. visually, it was a four, maybe four and a half, even a five at times. But um, as far as it grabbing me at this point, um, I'm just at a three. I'm meh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. That, and I, I guess I could have seen that one coming. You, you, you like from the get go, you were just like, eh. I was honest. Good. It didn't do it for me. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Fair I even wore a big bright red shirt so I can be a good target for everyone when they're angry at me. <laughs> so, you suck, fine. Josh. You're fired. Yeah, You're never coming back on our show again. Typical. <laughs> I'm used to it. But yeah, so, all right. We got in the comments, we got, wow, fresh news gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Oh, we wow. got uh, Milk Toast gave it a five out of five blue noodles. Uh, <laughs> Shanti gave it a four out of five. Harrison, what do you give it? I'm going to give it a five out of five. Um, I think uh, I had sort of the reverse effect, I think, uh, than you, Josh, perhaps where um, this actually made me care more about Cassie Andor than I ever did in Rogue One. I, I thought he was quite bland in that. And then in this, I was like, oh, there's a bit more to him. Um, and overall, really enjoyed the story. Had a really good time watching this. And I think a better experience watching this than I have had since probably like the second season of Mandalorian in terms of Star Wars shows. It's the fucking YouTube fucking catchphrase these days. Y'all like something. It's like, ah, oh, shill. <laughs> no, See, I'm going to say I give it a five out of five too. However, well, actually, you know, I think I'm going to say four point four point five out of five. Cause you know what? I think I envy people who are watching this show and have never seen uh, Rogue One yet. Like, if you haven't watched Rogue One yet, don't don't do it until after the show is over because I bear, I guarantee you'll like it more. You'll probably like Rogue One more, and you'll probably like this show more because watching it out of order like that, watching Rogue One first, it's like you said, Josh. Like watching that scene where he shoots both those dudes, it's kind of like, oh man, I already saw this, but yeah. I, I I feel like it would have it would have given me more impact had I not seen him already do that one time before in the movie. So. And, and like, then when you watch Rogue One later, you're just like, oh, that's typical Cassian right there. Just Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. like, exactly. So I'm like, I, I like this show and, I, and I, I have enjoyed everything part of it. But I feel like I would have liked it more had I already wa had I watched this one after Rogue One or before Rogue One. So I'm just going to give I'll give it a 4.5 for that one reason. But next episode, or next uh, episode we review, expect me to be a shill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what, what Shanti said. Shill is the new insult. <laughs> and Milk Toast, I love that. All Star Wars should have cursing, sex scenes, and snitches getting murdered. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> I thought <laughs> Shill's got paid. I thought that was a thing. I thought you got paid. I don't get paid. Yeah. Well, well, at least we, not by Disney. Yeah, no, you, we're we're monetized. You just don't, you just don't get paid every. Yeah, you don't get paid per video or per view or whatever the hell. You don't get paid the way Disney viewer uh, videos get paid. I get paid to enjoy episodes earlier, any of that kind of stuff. So, but what Harrison said, we get paid to enjoy things, not just to be like, "Hey guys, look at all the cool new stuff coming from Disney Plus this month." No, because you know what? There's one cool thing that came out of Disney Plus this month. The rest of it, I don't, I don't care about High School Musical, the movie, the musical, whatever the fuck. <laughs> anyway, anyway that... She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Come on. I have to admit, I stopped watching that. Yeah, Boy, no, I have. I, I have yet I to watch this. I I think after I've watched episode four, 
saw that it's like oh dude daredevil next episode no daredevil this episode and i'm like i'm not gonna watch this one i'm like maybe i'll get around to it when i feel like when i'm done with game of thrones and with rings of power maybe yeah. i'll get around to back to to uh she hulk but i'm like i'm gonna have to anyway eventually but i don't but yeah no then right now i'm like i got more important shit to watch anyway i think that's that we're about ready to wrap it up guys uh so First of all, thank you all so much for for jumping in with us. Uh, uh, Shanti, Milk Toast, Fresh News, uh, Joker Voice. I know you're gone, but still. Uh, let me see who else who else was in here. Brian's action figures, Connor. Uh, we had Smith Lord turn up. We had Dragon Buddy. Oh, yeah. There we uh, go. Uh, Roe was in briefly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Roe. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the guy for Harrison. I don't think you know who Roe is, but he was the, he's the host of the Scary Scuttlebutt podcast. Ah. Yeah, we had Dark Lichen show up. So yeah, if you guys were, if anyone I missed, I'm sorry, but yeah, make sure you next time you comment, you comment in there, and and so I can remember you and thank you for being here, and of course thank you to the one and only Sith Care Bear Josh. Like, well, thank you for like having I, me. Man. Like I said, the one man you do not want to have the the Care Bear stare from. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Josh, you want to tell us where we can follow you, where or any like YouTube channel, any kind of thing that you're working on. Yeah, yeah, just uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sith Care Bear or Instagram at Sith Care Bear. Uh, I'm one half of the Scarif After Dark uh, YouTube channel with uh, General Shinobi there in the chat um, where we uh, get nice and spicy uh, every other Saturday beginning on the 8th of October. What? Oh, wow. Thanks. I appreciate it. That's my co-host there. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and uh, other than that, I'm just... Like I said earlier, hanging out and building Lego with uh, Salacious and randomly popping up on other people's streams just to be negative about Andor. So there you go. <laughs> you say that, watch. By the end of the series, you're going to be like, it was the greatest series ever. I loved it. From I the hope story. so. I hope so. If it does that for me, then great. But right well, now, I'm just not there. I'm middle of the road. We'll see. Well, here's, here's open. And of course, as always, thank you to my co-host, Harrison. Uh, what else? You, what do you got coming down the pipes, Harrison? Tell us. Tell us what we can expect from you. So, okay, tomorrow we're going to be streaming with the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure Brothers again. So we are going to be finishing off the uh, Empire Strikes Back uh, Choose Your Own Adventure book. Hopefully, we get more options now. But uh, we're being trained in the dark side by Darth Vader, so that's cool. Um, and then we'll probably finish that, and move on to a different book uh, partway through that. And then I am hoping to drop a new audiobook on Monday or Tuesday next week. So that'll be uh, the next part of Star Wars Slave Ship by K.W. Jetta. Hell yeah. So yeah, guys, we got Star Wars just coming out the wazoo out here. So be sure to be sure to hit that like, the subscribe, the comment below. And and if you didn't hit the if you hit the bell notification, make absolutely sure you hit all notifications. Because we keep on getting people telling us, I didn't know you guys were live. I think YouTube just hates live streams. I think you're right. So yeah, but make sure you hit that bell notification. Make sure you hit all notifications, and if you didn't hit it, hit it any, or hit it, and then hit it again. <laughs> but then hit it a third time because that means you you un, you unsubscribed or whatever. But anyway, <laughs> I I'm just trying to find a good place to end this. But I, it's been Fulcrum Entertainment Podcast. I will see you guys next week. See you, everybody. Bye, guys.